0: Acting as moderator for tonight's broadcast. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Wait, what? Red Tsunami? It's high noon for Thursday, July 15th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator and the merch site is www.cancelcouture.com and i keep hearing from people that it's not going directly to that website which i'm very sorry about sometimes it is easier if you clear your browser or you can do some extra typing and enter shop.spreadshirt.com/cancel-couture easy Today is the 176th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies, you debunked. Everything. Or at least you believed that someone smart and honest surely debunked everything, and that's why they told you it was debunked. But it turns out that phase of your lives is all over now. Should we have a funeral for everything you used to believe? Who will attend, Kami? Who's going to attend the funeral? of your bad ideas. Now, if you've started to change some of those bad ideas, or you simply want to still exist as an American with some semblance of honor, you might consider migrating back to America. And with that, I would love to extend a warm Thursday, high noon welcome To all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, redeemable communists. Welcome to the show. Maybe you just landed here accidentally trying to avoid the Arizona audit hearing that just wrapped up, but I'm not going to make you feel any better. Promise. I might make you feel worse for a little while, but if you just stick with it and you just steal your spine, and strengthen your character and resolve, you will make it through this episode and as many other episodes as you could possibly want. And at that point, you will know it's time to migrate back to America. And the thing is, Kami, here's the thing. This is what we can offer you. And it's a pretty damn good offer, if you ask me, because we could all act like you guys do, and never forgive anyone, but we have this understanding that most of your ignorance was caused by the culture we live in. There's a culture out there trying to make you believe all the wrong things, and it takes a real wake-up call, a real connection to reality to understand that. And once you do, there's no going back. We all get that. And that's why we all would love for you to migrate back to America and become Americans again. You just have to leave all those stupid and evil communist ideas behind and then make amends with all of the people you are absolutely awful to. And, you know, you did it. You know, you did it. Everybody knows you did it. We can hear you. We can see your social media posts. We're not stupid. We know what you say. But the thing is, we just want to have a good, productive, successful society. And so we would welcome you back as long as you leave all those stupid and evil communist ideas behind. It's super easy. Now, speaking of the Arizona audit hearing that just happened, I am a bit stunned, a bit floored, a bit overwhelmed because there was. So much that came out. And while the final audit report is not finished and the audit in some aspects is ongoing, we know a whole lot of new things. Before I get into that, though, I want to talk about a tweet from Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers that she just sent out not too long ago, just right after the hearing ended, she said, I have heard enough with tens of thousands of ballots mailed without being requested. The over 10,000 people who voted after registering after November 3rd, the failure of Maricopa to turn over 40% of the machines, the passwords that Dominion still refuses to turn over and Tens of thousands of unauthorized queries demonstrating how insecure the election was. I call for the Biden electors to be recalled to Arizona and a new election must be conducted. Arizona's electors must not be awarded fraudulently. And we need to get this right. So that's the new state of play in Arizona right now. And that's just as a result of this. It's not even done. Commies, you hear me? It's not even done. And as I'm still trying to understand all of this myself, I'm going to do my best to give you what the highlights of the day were. I can only explain them to the level at which I understand them right now. And I'm going to kind of try to go in the order to which these things were divulged throughout the hearing. One of the first things they talked about was how there were duplicate serial numbers recorded for multiple ballots. All right. So one real ballot should have one serial number attached to it. And if it was duplicated, the serial number should match. There are times where the ballots were duplicated multiple times, and it seems that these were recorded as votes. Now the auditor's, recorded all of this so that they could go back and check this out, see how many of these were recorded as votes and how many of them were invalid. That is my understanding of this. So Doug Logan from cyber ninjas basically took all of this stuff down. They were absolutely meticulous in how they recorded each and every one of the processes and each and every one of the results. Uh, they asked specifically, so it was Karen Fan and uh, State Senator Warren Peterson who were conducting the hearing, and they were asking the questions of uh, Doug Logan, Ken Bennett, who is the liaison, and Ben Cotton, who runs uh, Cipher C Y F I R. And these are the leads of the audit. He said, uh, "How how would you know it was duplicated once or ten times?" And the response was you wouldn't unless you meticulously kept uh, track of the total number in each group, which I think Doug's organization has done. And he has. And here's the other thing. They also found thousands of duplicate ballots where the serial numbers were not put on them, which makes the duplicate impossible to match to an original. Now, why is that? We don't know yet. Could have been. A clerical mistake, for sure. Or it could have been something nefarious. And we will find out eventually because they got it all. The auditors also remarked about the recalcitrance of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors in terms of complying with the lawful subpoena for information that they were given. The auditor's continued to do the ballot count until they were done with that phase. And they expect now that they will have to go back to court to force the board of supervisors to turn over what they are missing. Uh, Code Monkey Z, that's Ron Watkins. And hey, commies, the HBO documentary about Q was not accurate. Ron Watkins is not Q. He's just a guy who's really smart and knows all of the tech stuff and follows this stuff all day and all night. He knows what he's talking about. Also, he's just recapping what actually happened that you can all watch on video if you like. He wrote, they did not receive router data or configuration information. The county promised the data, but reneged in May. Auditors want to check the router data because Maricopa County acknowledged their servers were hacked. And again, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. They did acknowledge that they sent out letters to individuals in Maricopa County whose voter registration data was compromised. We also know, and this is just an obvious indisputable fact that the director of national intelligence, and I think Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, if I recall, gave a public statement on November 2nd and maybe even on November 3rd, that Iran had hacked into voter registration databases around the country in advance of the election. And a lot of people, if they're not familiar with all this stuff, don't really understand the importance of the voter registration databases, and it's kind of a complicated thing. I'm not an expert on it and don't claim to be. I have a layman's understanding of what they're able to do with that. And it works into a bunch of other things that I've been talking about over the last year, one of which was that companies like Rock the Vote and like uh, LeBron's organization More Than a Vote, which was a subsidiary organization of Rock the Vote, they have direct access to voter registries as part of a public-private partnership in many states. Georgia's one, Michigan's one. I think they had it in Florida. They had it in a bunch of places, which means that Rock the vote can do their thing in creating voter registrations. The thing that we're all meant to suspect is that they are registering actual voters and then they are submitting those registrations. But among those registrations, they have like 17 year olds allowed to vote. And in states that don't require voter ID or even any substantial verification, They can just have people register and then submit the voter registrations. So building up extra registrations is part of the tactic. And then knowing who among the active registered voters has already voted allows them to. Compile a list of people that probably will not vote in person or by mail in the election, which means that all of those voter registrations can be matched to fraudulent and fake votes. OK, that is a pretty big deal. So the idea that if you can access voter registries, your only advantage is to just add more people to the registry, that's false, okay? There is a massive system of fraud at work here, and it is all orchestrated, which means that the more information that they can take, the better they can do at executing their systems of fraud. And that stuff is the sort of thing that can't be detected without doing a forensic audit and without doing things like a canvas. okay. I hope that makes sense. Hacking voter registration databases is actually a really, really big deal. But that's not the only hacking, the only Internet-based interference that happened in the Arizona election. They said that The election management system, which is the software on the machines, uh, was hacked during the course of the 2020 election. This is according to uh, Ben Cotton of Cypher, and the election server was actively under attack, and they had 37,000 login queries, and there are only supposed to be eight users. So... That is a big, big problem, especially when you have Secretary of State Katie Hobbs out there repeating what CISA said that this was the most secure election of all time from a cybersecurity standpoint. It was not. There's no doubt about that. It's proven. This is a fact. OK, it doesn't matter what you read in mainstream news. That says this has all been debunked. Doesn't matter how intricate Twitter's explainer on all of this is. And it doesn't matter how many blue check journalists say this is wrong. It's not wrong. They can't prove anything they're saying. And they're actually continually referring to these old debunks they have. They're trying to dispel everything Tucker Carlson said last night. And we'll get to that later. And in addition, the this hack, these 37,000 queries, they Ben Cotton said that they only had the EMS security event log showing activity back to February 5th, 2021. And the older data was purged on March 11th, 2021. And that's when they had these... 37,000 queries using blank passwords made on a system that only has eight accounts. Trying to be accurate about that. I hope I'm getting it right. I'm doing my best here. He also said that if Cypher had been given the Splunk logs, they could actually identify which users made these queries. But the Splunk logs are another thing that the Board of Supervisors has not been willing to turn over and what the hell are splunk logs this is a post from code monkey z back from early june Splunk is a very popular security and distributed systems monitoring application that provides a dashboard for network operations personnel to catch abnormal events and changes across all connected computers and computerized equipment. If they were using Splunk and were using it properly, then there should be a record of many things that would help focus forensic audits. The logs capture critical data like user IDs, actions taken, date, timestamps, adjudication, and other corrections or changes to votes, counts, rejections, etc. Look in any audit training manual. Concealing, deleting, modifying, tampering, or refusing to provide access to logs is in fact a criminal indicator. And so why are Splunk logs important to the audit? Splunk logs would be absolutely critical to reveal what happened on election night and thereafter, whether or not curious Internet traffic happened, for one thing, and to show a trail of infiltration and or manipulation. We absolutely need them. The reason the Splunk logs and keys are important is because they were configured to directly support the event recording of things like ballot scanning, vote changing, tabulation counts and errors, etc. They offer critical insight and record of what, when, how the machines were utilized in ballot handling and vote tabulating adjustment processes. The logs are public records because they are in fact germane to the vote The voting ballot tabulation, adjudication, rejection and adjustment processes, among other things. This is material information. They are literally withholding evidence and intentionally obstructing the audit. And one of the other guys in the conversation wrote, I work in cybersecurity and have experience with with Splunk. That said, those logs will expose a trove of events that may have taken place on Election Day it would have captured all anomalous behavior as well as any outside network traffic that may have infiltrated the election systems. It's no wonder they don't want to release those logs, as any halfway competent security analyst would be able to easily identify fraud. SIEM tools such as Splunk are specifically designed to not only detect a potential breach, but to also provide an audit trail to get to the bottom of what happened. If there was any kind of security monitoring like Splunk, we need to see those logs since they might show if hackers created new accounts with root access, etc., and other things, including configuration that would show how packets were routed to and from election equipment. In a way, Splunk is like a real time audit as long as it is configured to catch the vulnerabilities that could alter results. If we're mining for information, Splunk is gold. And again, this is something that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, who we are continuously reminded, are majority Republican. This is something that they are still withholding in violation of a legal subpoena. Then the auditors went into the kinematic phase, which is where they're examining the actual ballot paper for artifacts that might tell them. Whether or not the ballot is an official ballot and whether it was printed properly and knowing those things, you can also infer what happened with that ballot and how it may have been counted. One of the things that they were looking at specifically was the calibration of the printer that printed out the ballot. They are able to detect whether or not the printing was properly done. Okay. And they have like this little symbol that looks like a target and they're supposed to line it up with this, with a a cross an intersection of, of the ink on the ballot. And they can tell whether or not the printing is off, even by very, very slight margins. The ballots are all supposed to be printed the same way. And, you know, naturally there's, some level of error that they find acceptable. But these were off by six times, 10 times more than the acceptable level of error. The printers were out of calibration. They have ballots printed on demand that had large offsets, 168,000 ballots off target by up to 1900%. Okay. Okay. The significance of this is twofold from my understanding. One thing that can happen is that the ballot gets canceled and I guess discarded. But the other thing, if I'm understanding correctly, is that that ballot can be counted as an overvote or otherwise be sent to adjudication. And that's something that we saw a lot in a place like. Bolton County, where 94% of a group of 113,000 ballots were sent to adjudication. And just to recap, adjudication means that the ballot gets read and reviewed by poll workers who then enter what the voter intended. Okay. And that process is supposed to be done with observers from both parties agreeing on what the voter intended. We know for a fact that's not what happened. And we also know that there is absolutely no justifiable reason why 94% of any selection of votes should be sent to adjudication. And what the machines allow you to do is feed these ballots through and adjudicate them in batches of up to 50 and that would then allow someone to take all of these ballots sent to adjudication and enter them all as whatever they want. Okay, now, I'm not saying this happens every time and I'm not saying it's always intentional, but I am saying this is a wide open opportunity for incessant and extraordinary levels of fraud. And this is particularly true if. Ballots sent to certain voters were intentionally misprinted in this way, even if they are, in fact, official ballots. And this would then be dependent on the printing company, which for 30 percent of the country is a company called Runbeck, which has all sorts of its own problems. And Code Monkey Z has been hammering that for a couple of months now, if you want to look more into Runbeck, go to Code Monkey Z's Telegram page, use the search feature and just type in Runbeck and review all his posts about Runbeck. So one hundred and sixty eight thousand ballots that are misprinted, they go to overvote, they go to adjudication. Those can just be made into whatever votes the poll workers choose. And this is a part of the system that we are told is legal and allowable and without stuff like a forensic audit, without this level of scrutiny applied after the fact, there's no way that we would actually be able to determine how the adjudication process was run and what the poll workers actually did. You know, that's why we so often hear from people in the Democrat Communist Party that these are just loyal citizens who are doing their job and we can't question their work, but we can question their work. And we know for a fact that the people doing the adjudication, they didn't have people from both parties involved in the process. When they did, they would force the Republicans to stand far away from the tables so that they actually couldn't actively participate in the process. It was a way that these election centers in big communist cities would prevent scrutiny from the ballots and just say, yep, that's another Biden vote. Yep, that's another Biden vote. Yep, that's another Biden vote. We have testimony on this from the hearings that Rudy held throughout the fall. You can go back and review those. You will hear people who were eyewitnesses to this stuff talking about how Republicans were specifically excluded from this process and they watched the process go down in a corrupt fashion. That's why they had filled out and signed affidavits under the penalty of perjury and why they appeared at those hearings. So. They also had three thousand nine hundred eighty one people who voted despite having registered after the October 15th deadline okay and now this is one of those things that the commies would be like well yeah whatever but fine there's still votes like yeah they're they registered too late big deal you still have to count their votes otherwise it's voter suppression no commie no that's not how it works those are illegal votes okay that's 3981 Illegal votes in Maricopa County alone in a state that Joe Biden is pretending to have won by about 10,000 votes. That's just Maricopa and just this one item. Three thousand nine hundred eighty one illegal votes, 100 percent illegal, 100 percent should not have counted. They also had. 11,326 votes. And get this. Those voters were not in the voter registry as of November 7th, but were added to the voter registry on December 4th or at some point between November 7th and December 4th. Eleven thousand. 326 votes were registered from voters who were not registered on November 7th and were in the registry as of December 4th. Do those sound like legal votes? Does this sound like the safest and most secure election of all time? Of course not. Who knows this? Well, Katie Hobbs knows it. The Maricopa County Board of Supervisors knows it. Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. They all know it, too. I've said this before. Every single one of those politicians and almost all of the media, the tech giants, the corporate giants, all of these people know for a fact that Joe Biden did not win and they still come out and lie to the public about it. Anyhow, there is no way that the most powerful people in our country and the most powerful people in the world are as dumb as the commies watching Rachel Maddow and believing everything the Washington Post says. Sorry, commies. I'm talking about you. Eighteen thousand people. Voted. Voted in the 2020 election and were then removed from the voter rolls after the election. Why? They must have moved after. Oh, that's probably it. Yeah, Tommy, that's definitely it. And check this out. 74,243 mail-in ballots were counted in the 2020 election that have no evidence Of ever being sent out to voters. You got that? Seventy four thousand two hundred and forty three mail in ballots were counted in the election, even though there is no evidence of them ever being sent out to voters. Why would that be? Well, could be a clerical error. Or. It could be that the company that prepared all of the mail-in ballots, the auditors also spent a lot of time in the hearing explaining very carefully how accurate they were and how many different processes and fail-safes they put into place to ensure their accuracy. They talked extensively about the chain of custody that they maintained and recorded the entire time. They talked about how there was absolutely no way that anything they did with the machines or the data could have possibly affected the machines or the data in any way, and that any simple review of the machines and the data would prove that there has been no change made. So a lot of the audit was just being put out there to say to people like Rachel Maddow and all these other clowns on television talking about how cyber ninjas are a joke and the whole thing is a farce and no one should ever believe this. It's a fraud. It no, it's not. Okay. There is no way that anyone can watch that hearing and not realize that, A, all of that story is a complete lie. These guys are serious, their credentials are serious, their expertise is serious, and they are able to explain to minute detail every single thing they did, okay? So it's not a joke. B... There's no way anyone could watch this and not realize that Arizona was absolutely riddled with fraud. Okay? Now, you might be one of those insane people who thinks, yeah, okay, well, I believe you, but who knows? Maybe it was all 50 50. Maybe there were 300,000 illegal votes. Well, they were probably one hundred and fifty thousand for Joe and one hundred and fifty thousand for the actual president of the United States. And so Joe would have still won by the same amount. There's no way we can ever know. <laughs> I love it when commies think shit like that, man. Hey, commies, there's a way we can know. You know how? Forensic audits. You know what they just did? Forensic audits. You know, they're going to release a report about the forensic audit, right? So we will know. We're going to know exactly. And once we know exactly, that thing you're saying now to keep your dream alive is going to be proven completely and totally false, just like pretty much everything else people like me have said for the last 15 months, whether it comes to coronavirus or George Floyd or the election, or election fraud, even in advance of the election, as people like me told you in detail, here is exactly how they're going to try to steal the election. I mean, honestly, what could have been more obvious? They were specifically and intentionally using COVID to steal the election. Nancy Pelosi was negotiating the COVID relief packages with things like ballot harvesting and universal mail-in voting, and, of course, giveaways to the teachers' unions and uh, full bailouts of the communist states that destroyed their economies. Those were her deal-breakers for COVID relief packages as American citizens had, through no fault of their own, been put out of work because the communists decided who was an essential worker and who wasn't. There were people struggling to feed their children, and Nancy Pelosi was holding out for ballot harvesting and universal mail-in voting so they could steal an election. I'm not making that up. That happened. That is recorded history. How could you, as a reasonable, normal, adult-sized brain person, be confused about what was happening. I don't even see how it's possible to not understand things this obvious. OK, it's because the standard of evidence is not evidence for communists. The standard of evidence for communists is whether or not the thing that they should believe but refuse to is included Within the set of slogans that they're allowed to say. That's it. That's the standard of evidence. Until they say it on CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times or the Washington Post, or until Rachel Maddow or some other moron communist says it, it's not okay to say. They know what's okay to say and what's not okay to say. So they give up their critical thinking entirely. They just say, hey, yeah. I'm a good commie. Just tell me what to say and I'll say it. That's you commies. How do you not understand this? You know, it's true. Just admit it and let go. Just let go. I feel like I'm uh, Tyler Durden in fight club where he's driving out on the, uh, the highway or whatever. It's pouring down rain and like two of the, uh, pledges are in the back seat. And he just lets go of the wheel completely. Just let go. Just let go. Crash. It's okay. It's coming sooner or later. The crash is coming, commies. Just let go. I went to the uh, grocery store today, and I parked my car, and like across on the next aisle is this car with a sticker that's shaped like Virginia, but it's red and blue with the little Grateful Dead lightning bolt on it. So we have a deadhead here. And then just below that on his bumper is a bumper sticker that says Trump lost. Get over it. And it was just like such a typical commie scumbag bumper sticker that I, I had to mention it. And I took a picture of it and put it up in telegram. It's just unbelievable to me that that's the direction they go and they always go that direction. And the crazy thing is that they actually think that it's going to work, right? They thought this entire time that if they just said this enough and tried to mock all the people that knew the truth, that people would just be cowed. They would be so concerned about their self-image, their public image. So concerned about staying in the party of false decorum that they actually would just get over it. They would be like, "Okay, well, yeah, there's nothing we can do. Let's just move on. We can live to fight another day. No, that was never going to happen. The idea that commies actually think that they can ride this out, that people are going to stop, that this whole phase for them is just going to end nicely and they'll just be able to move on in the fantasy world and maintain this lie forever. No chance, Commie. This guy and, and to see it today was even funnier, of course, because within the last three days, we've had indisputable proof out of Georgia that not only was the election a fraud, but the audit of the election was a fraud. Okay, that's indisputable proof. And it's easy to understand. Very, very easy to understand. Tucker Carlson laid it all out last night. And he could have gone a lot harder on it and gone into much greater detail. And hopefully that was just the start for him of getting into election fraud. But that's indisputable. What just happened in Arizona is indisputable. Okay, they can try to challenge it in whatever way they like. The entire audit was filmed and broadcast live. They're not going to be able to say any of this is wrong. They're not going to be able to explain it. And Maricopa County came out last night and actually put out the most one of the most ridiculous tweets I think I've ever seen. They wrote, why might the cyber ninjas ballot count differ from Maricopa vote numbers for the same reason people might get different answers to this problem? And they wrote six times five in parentheses, divided by three plus 11, right? Without parentheses. If you don't know the order of operations, you don't know the answer. Well, okay, smarty pants. What a great explanation. Getting down to grade school mathematics. And the implication here is that the auditors were just too dumb. They don't know how all the smart people things work. And this is pretty much the commie explanation for everything. And this is part of what puts all these like citizen commies to sleep forever. They always assume there is someone smarter, someone more authoritative that must have a good explanation for whatever they think is wrong. Like, hey, commie masks don't work. Yes, they do. Okay, well, tell me how. And then they're like, well, I'm going to send you an article. Okay, commie, send your article. Do I get to respond to your article and pick it apart and then give you citations for every single thing I say, actually proving my point? Or are you still going to believe the article? And of course, they're going to believe the article because no matter what they know, they know for a fact, a little commie fact which is almost like a real fact, except it's the opposite. They know that someone smart out there did all the work for them. And that smart person says the thing that they want to hear. And that's all they have to do. That's the explanation for everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when Maricopa County says, oh, it's, it's all about the, uh, the order of the processes of this very difficult math equation. And for sure, those cyber ninjas clowns, they don't, they don't understand the processes, but the smart people at Maricopa County board of supervisors know it all. And so, yeah, they're probably going to find the count off by two or 300,000, but that's all explainable because The processes of adding one plus one plus one plus one plus one plus one, that's super difficult to understand, especially when you pretend that the actual process is six times five in parentheses divided by three plus 11. No, Kami, it's one plus one plus one. That's all you got to do. You just count the ballots. Are there 2.089 million ballots in Maricopa County? Yes or no? Oh, there aren't? Okay, well, that's our first problem. Do the ballots that don't equal the vote total still add up to the totals you certified when we count them, One plus one plus one plus one. Oh, they don't. Oh, okay. So is it still about the processes? Because you're talking about a defined number of votes that are supposed to match the same number of ballots. And if the votes... Don't match the ballots. There's no amount of equations or processes that are going to resolve that problem. Okay. And if the votes recorded on the ballots do exist, don't show what you're pretending they show. That's a problem too. Doesn't really matter what kind of equation you invent or, what kind of processes you have, the numbers are the numbers. You just add one plus one plus one plus one. Then, when you find out that there were multiple elements of hacking in the election, when there are 168,000 ballots that are at best misprinted, when there are 74,000 plus ballots, That were mailed in and counted or retrieved somehow, whether or not they went through the mail, but were never actually mailed out. Well, commie, that's a problem. What's the process on that? What's the equation on that? And if you have a reasonable explanation, how come you have never given it? Right. Why didn't they explain why those 74,000 plus votes were all valid. Shouldn't they have done that? Shouldn't they have done that right from the beginning? Shouldn't they have said, hey, everybody, you know what? These 74,000 ballots were improperly recorded when they were sent out. But we've reviewed them and we've matched them all to legally registered voters who actually exist. And here all those voters are. So we are going to go ahead and count these because they actually are all legal votes that just happen to have this same clerical error. Right. You want to establish trust with people? That's how you do it. Oh, you don't want to establish trust with people because the goal is to just push cheating through and make the entire country accept it. Got it. Thanks, Kami. It all makes sense now. But for real, I don't understand how. They can still be walking around with this fake air of confidence, right? Inside their head somewhere, they know that this is all going to crumble, but they can't admit it. And they won't admit it, of course, because they are loyal members of the Communist Party. They don't actually care what the truth is. They just care that they are on like the good side. It's shocking to me that so many people have chosen to stake their reputation and their character on something that they know absolutely nothing about. Right. And this is endemic in communists in America in twenty twenty one. Think about all the people in Hollywood, all the athletes, all the woke corporations, all the people in these universities. They all go around pushing all this bullshit, knowing that it's bullshit. Come on. No one actually believes this stuff unless you are simply a total moron, which many of them are, by the way, or completely evil, which also many of them are. But all those other people who who aren't complete morons or completely evil, they are just passively going along with evil. And you would think that at some point they would want to really examine that. The the confidence that there is only one world ahead and it's theirs is, is so strange to me. And it's fine. People can be like, well, you're super confident that your world is the one ahead. And you're right, I am. I also spend 12 to 15 hours a day making sure that I'm right. Last year, I took a lot of time, a lot of time studying COVID stuff before I started saying, hey, these lockdowns don't work. This has never been tried before. And the fact that we're destroying people's lives and the fact that it doesn't seem like any of our leaders, aside from you know the Trump side, care at all about saving people's businesses or even about saving their lives, that should tell you something like the lockdowns are the greatest political, moral and scientific error in the history of humanity, bar none. And then to top that off with stealing an election like. The idea that anyone can just think that all of this is above board. I don't see how anyone can legitimately believe that without being a complete and total moron or without being actively complicit in evil. OK, everyone else has their doubts. They know that some part of the narrative is wrong, but they are unwilling to let go of the rest of it because they're concerned about what that says about them, what it says about their past judgment. That's one of the things you have to let go of if you're going to be a redeemable communist. Hear that redeemables? you got to let go of that. Yes, you made poor judgments. You did so because of your bias and your lack of information. People will understand that if you admit it and apologize and try to learn what the truth is. Okay. That's totally okay. Now. You might have been mean. To people in your life. You need to make amends with those people. And then they will understand. And the rest of us will understand. There are ways back from this for you, Kami. And again, this is why our side has no interest in violence. We have no interest in the civil war that Joe Biden and the rest of the Democrat Communist Party is constantly promoting and constantly egging on. They are wishing for civil war because that would allow them to be violent with the people. That is what they want because that's the only way they can win. That's not what we want and we don't need it. What we need is to share truth, spread truth, speak truth and then be open to the people who finally wake up to truth and want to find a way back all right that's why i do the whole redeemable communist thing cuz i'm not trying to keep these people out of society for the rest of their lives i'm not trying to censor them i'm not trying to imprison them and i'm not trying to say that most of these people are violent extremists their views are violent and are extreme, okay? That's what communism is. There is no peaceful, middle-of-the-road communism. Communism is the definition of pure evil, all right? You are taking away people's liberty. You're taking away their ability to think for themselves and speak for themselves and pursue the things they want to pursue. It's evil, It requires complicity. It requires the entire society embracing evil. It is the most anti-human philosophy that has ever existed. Okay. There's not a nice version of it. There's not a middle of the road version. And it always, always, always devolves into violence and famine and killing and disease. That's what it is. There has never been any circumstance where it's different. And let's think about the speech that Joe Biden gave two days ago. I just went through it on the podcast yesterday. If you haven't listened to yesterday's, go ahead and do it. Broke down Joe Biden's whole speech. But how idiotic does that man look right now? He just went and gave a speech in Philadelphia to try to convince the country that he really is the legitimate president, while two states that he fake won could drop any day, right? Brandon Beach in Georgia has already said that if the evidence proves that Biden won by fraud, he will move to decertify the electors in Georgia. Wendy Rogers, state senator in Arizona, as I mentioned earlier, is already calling for the election to be decertified. All right. No uncertain terms. She wants it decertified now. And she's right. It should be decertified now. So should every swing state. So should every other state. There is nothing about the 2020 election that was legitimate. We're going to get at least five more Republican senators. This isn't a joke. We're going to have the House back, too. The idea that the Democrats have the House, the Senate and the White House. That is fanciful nonsense. They lost everywhere. Everywhere. So to see Joe Biden up there touting three audits in Georgia and this recount and audit in Arizona, they already know it's all right. It's all water under the bridge. It's all in the past. Bro, multiple things you said two days ago are now provably wrong. And those were the basis for you saying you're really president. He doesn't have other proof. He doesn't have other proof. All he has is the count that was certified by these corrupt actors in each one of these states who will be in prison sooner or later, which is becoming completely obvious, which I said hmm, eight months ago. He has that. He has a statement from CISA on November 12th. And he has Bill Barr's limp wristed, waffling little statements. And what else does he have? Even the Republican said it's true. I won. No, you didn't, Joe. No, you didn't. But think about this. I was talking just a few minutes ago about how all of these people actually know. They know what happened. OK. Nancy Pelosi does not believe for a second that Joe Biden got more votes than Donald Trump. There's no one in the world who should believe that Nancy Pelosi doesn't understand that. Right. Right. Or let's separate it even further. Mark Elias, the guy who was responsible for building, as Joe Biden described it, the greatest election fraud system of all time. And of course, of course, he meant like the greatest system for attacking and defeating election fraud. Well, that's interesting. How come they weren't attacking and defeating election fraud? We haven't talked about that before. I haven't heard it talked about anywhere else. But isn't that amazing that they build up this big election fraud detection system, (laughs) which really just consists of a bunch of lawyers ready to go around the country waging lawfare and disrupting the legal and judicial process? That's what it really is. Let's not joke around about it. How come they didn't use it? Aren't they supposed to be out there seeking all of this Donald Trump election fraud, all this Russian interference election fraud. How come his great election fraud system wasn't tracking down the people in Iran responsible for accessing the voter registration databases? How come we haven't heard anything about that from the greatest election fraud machine of all time outside of Stacey Abrams? Right. Aren't they supposed to be defending the country against election fraud? No. Isn't that interesting? So they built an election fraud detection and obliteration machine. (laughs) It probably exists up in space. And they didn't bother using it at all. Right. They didn't find any election fraud that they could go after. They couldn't get more Democratic wins around the country due to the presence of Republican election fraud. Isn't that crazy? They built that whole election fraud machine and then didn't use it. Oh, but wait, no, they did. Yeah, they did use it. They they used it for lawfare. They built an election fraud machine. They didn't go after election fraud. They only went after claims of election fraud by the other party and made sure that their court cases could not advance. And, of course, we know from Time, Time Magazine, Molly Ball, I think that's her name, they had a whole system of riots planned in case things went the wrong way. We know that's true. They say it. It's there in black and white. That's part of the whole system. The cabal, as she called it, that's all there. So they had the greatest election fraud Detection and obliteration machine of all time. And they didn't use it except defensively. That's strange, huh? But the point here is they all know what happened. Mark Elias, he knows what happened. Stacy Abrams, she knows what happened. All of these people know exactly how the fraud went, right? So there's this organization, this structure. We're talking about hundreds, thousands of people maybe more honestly i would guess it's probably in the tens of thousands when it's all said and done but all these people know that election fraud took place many of them knew their role in participating in it and then there's a whole circle outside that of people that knew it took place and just turned a blind eye because they were benefiting from it as well right or they their political ambitions or desires were being fulfilled by the fraudulent outcome. What do you think they're all doing now, right? So all these people, they know the systems of fraud. How do you react now that the fraud is coming out? Because they knew or they have known, they should have known for a few months now that we would reach this point. It would be very, very difficult not to reach this point. They knew what the auditors in Arizona would find. That's why they tried to shut the audit down so many times. They even made another pathetic attempt yesterday. The House Oversight Committee, which was Carolyn Maloney and uh, Friar Cuck, Jamie Raskin. They sent a letter to Doug Logan of Cyber Ninjas, accusing him of being a conspiracy theorist and asking for all this information. Well, hey, Friar Cuck, it's too late, buddy. It's too late. And. Now you look like a complete and total liar for all the stuff you've been saying about January 6th, because all those protesters had a valid reason to be there, and that's that they could see an election being stolen in the United States of America. But all these people know they've all known that it would reach this point. So what do you do to still win? Right. Well, you have to plan for it, don't you? They have to figure out ways that they can explain what the auditors are going to find. Now, it's not a good sign that one of their best explanations was six times five in parentheses divided by three plus 11. That doesn't project confidence in their ability to combat the new narrative. But they have teams of probably lawyers and poli-sci majors and comms people trying to figure out exactly how to communicate defensively, of course, about how all the things that the auditors will find are wrong, right? They have to plan this stuff out. So right now in our country, you can be pretty sure that there is a group of people being overseen by bigwigs in the Democrat Communist Party who are plotting how to communicate to the public about the obvious and intentional election fraud they know they committed and they know the auditors will find. Isn't that incredible to think about? It will be absolutely hilarious when their emails are all eventually <laughs> leaked or foia So that we can see the conversations they're actually having. Well, you know, we know they're going to find those 74,000 ballots that we added into the total, but that we never actually sent out. How can we explain that? And then they'll just start like whiteboarding it. They'll brainstorm solutions. That's really happening in our country right now. Think about that. Someone is planning how to communicate about all of these different things. Someone is sending Rachel Maddow things she can say on TV tonight to avoid whatever meltdown she is surely having. Tonight's Rachel Maddow is going to be must-see television. I can't wait till uh, that Midnight Rider channel puts it up with, I, I think her name's Carly, just laughing her ass off. <laughs> that shit kills me. But before I go, I want to talk about one more thing. I wanted to talk about Mark Milley, that ridiculous, pathetic loser who claimed that Donald Trump was going to try to stage a coup to stay in office. And that's what January 6th was. And it was the Reichstag fire. Well, he's kind of getting his history wrong there. That makes absolutely no sense. But. The thing is, he also said, we're the ones with the guns. And when a military person is saying that. That's a threat, and that threat was directed against the legitimate president and his supporters. That should worry everyone, but maybe I'll be able to get more into that tomorrow I do want to talk about this, though, because, you know, Olivia Rodrigo, I think her name is. She's like 18 or 19 years old. She's some like Disney actress and pop star. She was in the White House yesterday and Jen Psaki was like fawning all over her. Like it looked like Jen Psaki is in love with her. And that might be totally possible. But. Why would you put a pop star? In the lead of your, hey, everybody get vaccinated program. And my concern is that they are not marketing to adults anymore with Olivia Rodrigo. They're marketing to children. They're going to try to convince children to want the vaccine so that the children are asking the parents for it. Okay? And I kind of hinted at this a little bit yesterday. They're going to be able to not wear masks in school, which will make them like the cool kids. So between that and this Olivia Rodrigo nonsense, they're selling the vaccine as a desirable luxury brand to children so that children will go home and ask their parents, hey, can I get the vaccine, please? Why not? Jenny has it. Or. And this is much darker. They'll ask for it in school and be given it without their parents' consent. And we know that that's already been talked about. And we can have a pretty good idea of where that's going. And got to tell you, I don't see another reason why they would go to a 19-year-old Disney pop star to advertise vaccines. And that is about as dark as it gets. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same Reasonable Podcast Network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye.